0: Hey there. Are you a spiritual seeker looking for the perfect way to blend your physical, spiritual, emotional, and mental health and well-being practices? Maybe you already have an interest in yoga or astrology or want to learn more about yoga's sister science, Jyotish, or Vedic Astrology? Well then, I'm super glad you're here, and I'd like to extend you a very warm welcome to the Yogi's Go Podcast. I'm your host, Rosemary Holbrook. I'm a yoga teacher, and a Vedic sidereal astrologer, meaning I use sidereal zodiac, so some of the signs might be different from what you're used to. To get a free copy of your sidereal birth chart, please visit my website, yogiscope.com chart dash calculator. Now let's get started. I'm glad you're here. Hello there, and welcome to another episode of the Yogiscope's podcast. I'm your host, Rosemary Holbrook. And on this week's episode, we're going to cover the full moon happening this weekend and the winter solstice happening next week. So those two events are... So the winter solstice is technically not an astrological event.
1: Uh, I mean, it is. It's the shortest day of the year. Um, anyway, I hold it in regard to a very important
0: day in the year, all solstices and equinoxes are pretty important days to me in terms of living seasonally, living in alignment with nature and the cosmos and Earth's cycles and rhythms. So that's the topic on the agenda today. I'll also briefly touch on Venus retrograde because it is going retrograde um, right in between those two events. So the full moon is happening on the 18th, which is Saturday at 11.34 p.m. So it's over Saturday night. and um the winter solstice is on the 21st, which I think is Tuesday. Um, I could be wrong about that, honestly, y'all. Um, uh, so it's I'm pretty sure it's next Tuesday. But and then um Venus retrograde. So this it actually stations on the 18th, meaning it like from our perspective, it looks like it stops moving. Um, but then it actually looks like it starts moving backwards, which is all a retrograde is. The planet isn't like physically moving backwards it's still going around its own orbit it's just um from our perspective it appears to me moving backwards um and that motion begins around 11 a.m on the 19th which is this sunday and of course always the times are in eastern standard time so if you're like ahead of me in time zone then perhaps the full moon is actually on early Sunday morning for you rather than late Saturday night. Either way, it's happening over Saturday and Sunday. And y'all know, maybe you don't know, maybe you're new around here, but I am super not dogmatic about when you do your full moon and new moon practices. I think if you do it anytime, like the week of, as long as you're doing these things like once a month, you're going to get the benefit, right? So the idea of a full moon practice is to kind of release and shed and um reset so that you can call in so you spend a period doing that between the full moon and the new moon while the moon is waning because actually under uh, Vedic astrology philosophy the moon is considered malefic while it's waning meaning it like brings worse results um if you were going to try to like manifest something i suppose it would be a little more challenging while the moon is moving between full and new and then at the new moon is when you set your new intentions because you've created space and you've kind of spent some time hopefully in that space um so you're ready to start fresh and start anew and move towards what you know whatever we're always going through these cycles right and so that's why i'm like it doesn't really matter like if you do it at exactly 11:34 34 p.m on saturday night um real and really the time that we list the full moon as is a peak. A moon phase lasts about three days, actually, and that's in terms of just like what we scientifically like. if You look at the farmer's almanac or something. Um, the the phase, as in new, full, first quarter, last quarter, you know, waxing gibbous, whatever, all these things, and then that's supported too by astrology. The moon is in a sign for about two and a half days, and I also want to mention while I'm talking about. Farmer's almanac. Um, I meant to say this at the beginning. I kind of like I wanted to just state the topic and then give my little announcements um before I launched into the meat of the episode, but I'm I'm a scatterbrain. What can I say? I don't know. I'm have a lot of planets and air signs. And like I've been talking about it's Vada season. I'm pregnant, which means I have increased Vada, which is characterized by the air and ether elements um which is symptom of increased vata in your system is feeling scattered feeling cold feeling um like your joints pop and creak a lot stuff like that but scattered brain like airheaded oh my gosh y'all anyway uh, so uh the announcements i have for you i the farmer's almanac made me think of that actually because i looked in the farmer's almanac to get the list of moon phases for next year, um, which is included in the planner that I just released as one of the many things included in the planner. I'm super excited about this, y'all. I put a ton of love and intention and thought and time into creating this beautiful Yogi Scopes planner. So I've been calling it a calendar, but it's more than a calendar. So it started out as just a calendar of the astrological events for next year which selfishly I was making so that I could be prepared because it's actually kind of time intensive for me to do it every single month for me to make these horoscopes so I was like that'll be good if I have the calendar for the entire next year especially so I can take a maternity leave and not have that task on my plate I'm like a squirrel preparing for winter with this maternity leave y'all like I'm like gonna be so ready um which is actually let me not get ahead of myself okay um so so I was doing this anyway preparing the um all of the astrological happenings for next year. So that includes every time a planet changes signs. Um I didn't actually include when the planets change nakshatras in the calendar because that just was really clunky. Um it seemed like too much. I feel like most people don't have an embodied understanding about the nakshatras, the lunar mansions that we use in Vedic astrology, as much as they do about the signs, um, myself included. Like, sometimes I have to really stop and think about the nakshatras more than the signs. I just intuitively understand, right? And maybe you do or don't, but the nakshatras would be too clunky. Anyway, so I have those, and we'll continue to talk about those on the weekly horoscopes that come out on this podcast um, and stuff. But so I listed all of those in the planner. I listed all of the retrograde periods in a in a nice little table for you. So you can just look at the table. You don't have to like flip through. Um, and also when the dates of all the moon phases, the signs for the full and new moons. Um, and then so not only did I include all these things. Let me make sure I'm not missing anything.
1: Moon phases, eclipse dates. Um, Yeah, and so those are all, that's all the, like, info
0: in the planner, but then I took that info, and I distilled it down, and I came up with monthly themes in the exact same way that I come up with the themes for these podcast episodes, Um, and I threw the theme, there's these, they're really pretty, like, you might, like, I'll probably hang each month's page up when it's that month in my office. Um, cause they're pretty and they have the dates right there for you to see right on the month. Um, and they include little prompts and space for you to take notes and kind of write down your new and full moon intentions there on each month's page. Um, so they are organized by the calendar month that most of us, you know, we all use the Gregorian calendar, like January, February instead of organized by the lunar months. Anyway, I digress. And then also on top of that, I included a special bonus that I'm really excited about a two worksheets, in fact, to help you kind of decipher your birth chart so that you can get the most out of this information personally for you. And also a good like 10 plus pages of worksheets and mindset activities that you can do at the beginning of the year to kind of set your tone for the year and then also on a regular basis throughout the year to revisit and revise those intentions as needed and so it's a super jam-packed full of information planner it's more than just a calendar it's like to help you really understand the astrological happenings and and how they fit in with you and how you fit in with them so that you can get the most flow in alignment with the seasons and the cosmos out of your life. So I'm really excited about this. I think it's a great resource. It's, it's what I do anyway. You know what I mean? That's why I started this podcast. Um, and I, I'm pretty proud of how this resource came out of, to help you kind of guide you on this path as well. Um, so that's live now. It is listed for $37, which is, super worth it, in my opinion. You can print it out and have a physical planner. Um, it's a PDF download. You get um, so much information in it. So many resources included in there. A lot of value there. But it is free for members because, like I was mentioning before, in my squirrel preparing for winter winterness of preparing for mater- maternity leave, I know what I can handle and what I can't during maternity leave because this is my second child. And I cannot continue to do all of the things that I do. I definitely will not be taking one on one sessions uh, for at least six weeks, probably more like two months, starting in March of next year. So, related to that, that's why I decided to launch the membership because that's something that I can do that I can just. I can continue to serve you all in a way that's very focused and serve a lot more people at once than I can in individual sessions like readings. They're so related, to, so I really want you to sign up for the membership, which is why I'm giving so much value in there. Like I should not make this planner free for members. I should. It's there's so much. Like it's I shouldn't because it's so good. I'm so proud of it. It's such a great resource, but I did. Because I really would rather you get it for free and us be able to continue our our working together so that I can continue to support you. And honestly, you can also support me through my maternity leave, right? So it's it's a win-win if you sign up for the membership instead of just buying the planner. Because then you get the planner and you also get access to the new moon circle, which is happening. So they happen every month, but the one I'm holding on the first new moon of the new year which is on January 2nd 2022 it's a Sunday um it will be a special 2 hour long one where we'll go over kind of setting intentions not just for that lunar cycle but for the entire year. And so the planner will be a great resource for that. So if you're a member you get the planner and access to the new moon circle and like a bunch more stuff. Um yeah. Or if you're like, meh, that seems like too much. I just want the planner." You can just get the planner. You can just get the new moon circle by itself. You know, choose your adventure.
1: Anyway, that's enough about that. Those were those announcements. Um, and yeah, so I genuinely also
0: hope that you will sign up for a reading if you want one before March. And ideally, you should probably sign up for one before that new moon circle. On the second, which is a Sunday, because I have written on my calendar right before I started recording this episode that on that Monday, I've, like, blocked off time to do it. I'm raising all my prices. <laughs> so, because I should. Um, and my time is, you know, it's just, I'm getting stretched thin. So, that's what happened. That's supply and demand, you know. Um, so on, So, if you book before January, join the membership before January. Book your astrology reading. You don't have to book it before January. Like, it doesn't have to happen. You just have to, like, purchase it before then, before I raise the prices. And then you can book it for whenever you want. But um, my books are now open all the way through March. Normally, they're only open 30 days ahead of time. But now they're open all the way
1: through, actually, the week before my due date. So if you want a reading, get in there before it's too late. Isn't, it'll never be too late I'll be back just after a little hiatus anyway so back to the full
0: moon and winter solstice um so thanks for sitting through those logistical updates I hope you get some value out of them um we're at a point where we're releasing 2021 that's that's kind of the theme of the full moon and winter solstice they're both kind of times to let go in
1: preparation for returning to light. Let me explain that a little bit more. So, the
0: full moon, like I was mentioning before, is a time. It's actually when the the moon energy is at its highest. So the only place to go from there is down. So it's a time to shed. The winter solstice is marked by it's the shortest day of the year meaning they only get brighter from here so in some ways the the winter solstice
1: could a little bit be thought of like a new moon because it only gets brighter from here um but I
0: the way I look at it and and this has come from just experientially for me the winter solstice also marks the beginning of kappa season at least here in the northern hemisphere so I've been talking about Vada season, what that represents. I'm actually next week. So next week on The Science of Light, I'll have an episode about Kappa season and what that means and how to work with it. Um and the episode on here will be primarily about Venus retrograde because it's is too much. Like it deserves its own episode and it's lasting for um until the end of January. So next week is where you'll get your juicy details about Venus retrograde and what to expect there. And members will of course get their own sign
1: by sign, um, interpretation that will be in the membership. Um, so anyway, Kappa season
0: marked by the beginning of the winter solstice. So, um, basically, even though it is a return to the light, we still have a, Good solid three more months until the spring equinox of darkness and um heaviness, coldness. So we'll talk more about what that means on the Kappa season episode that comes out next week on the Science of Light, my other podcast. But um basically it's because it's a longer period of time than the new moon. So the new moon is like um the moon phases happen every month. So between a new moon and a full moon is about two weeks. And so you really only have like early. So this is the way I look at it. I'm going to get more nuanced into the moon phases that the new moon is when you set your intentions. You don't actually like start doing stuff. Right. And the, and really it's past the first quarter moon when you're really setting things into motion, um, related to the moon phases and, And if you want these and those for all of next year, they're in the planner right there for you in a nice table. took me forever yelling at Canva to format it. (laughs) I wasn't yelling, but anyway, frustrating, you know, formatting. That's what part of why it took me so long to do that calendar is a labor of love anyway. So, so you, it just, it's a much more accelerated process, but it's the same thing with the winter solstice. I would think of from the winter solstice to the spring equinox is kind of like the the new moon to well, really it's a little bit it's a bigger chunk of time than to the first quarter moon, but it's it's a time to just because the it marks the point where the days start getting longer. It's like such a minuscule transition that like the next day after the twenty first is only
1: going to be what like. Five minutes longer you know like it's it's so um gradual that
0: it's not like you're just going to wake up the next day and it's going to be 12 hours of sunlight so so just because it marks the the entrance into that time doesn't mean that you're like
1: there yet so so we still have to um honor kappa season which just in a nutshell
0: because I think it's important to the context of this episode. The Kappa season, Kappa is ruled by the elements earth and water. So it's dark, it's damp,
1: it's um, fertile. But it's also, um, if you think about like the dead of winter, so we've just been in
0: Vada season, which is like fall. All the plants are shedding their leaves. We've been in a period of releasing. And then Kappa season, it's kind of this in between period
1: where everything's not booming forward with life yet is kind of being in the in the limbo of resetting your energy. Really, if you think
0: about it with plants, like they don't just shed all their leaves and immediately start growing them again. There's a period in between where they just don't have any leaves and they're dormant right that's actually what they call it with deciduous trees trees that lose their leaves they, they go dormant and most plants go dormant in the winter when there's less sunlight and so related to us living in alignment with nature and the earth cycles and the cosmos
1: which is like my goal to help you help facilitate for you here um we should have a period of sort of dormancy too Right. And so that is what's marked
0: by COPPA season. It's kind of our period of dormancy. And so our, I think our like. you know, I live in the U.S. very capitalist here, uh, which is fine. I'm not like trying to get political. I'm just saying the that system prioritizes productivity. And we know experientially that we can't be productive all the time. We have to rest in order to rejuvenate which means, you know, we've done all this shedding, hopefully, over um, Vada season, like in the fall, losing our leaves, stuff like that. Uh, and then we have to
1: go into this period of just being slower, being more um,
0: restful, rejuvenating our spirits, right? And so that's marked by the period between the winter solstice and the spring equinox, And then we also have, I mean, we have the new year coming up and that's not technically an astral. There's nothing astrological to support our new year calendar. In fact, that's one of the things I included in the planner is when the astrological new year happens. It's not in January, but still we are impacted by the calendar that our entire society uses. So the new year is a pretty big deal. It's a fresh start in its own way. So... I guess what I'm getting at is with all that in mind, for
1: the future, right now is a period to shed, finish shedding 2021. So that when 2022 starts,
0: you can, you will have created the space to build back more intentionally. And so that is also the idea of the special extra special new year new moon workshop um and it is extra special and it doesn't even cost any more than they usually do fyi um so so that's what we'll be doing then and really honestly we might like the very beginning part of that will include a portion to release so if you feel like you haven't like completely done that yeah you can always release more in my opinion at least I always feel like I can. There's always more to let go of. Um, so, so that's kind of the name of the game now is finding quiet, finding stillness, completing the year, completing the cycle, um, heading down into that in more period of darkness before you rejuvenate, which is, you know, kind of the idea of what happens at the new moon and then also the spring equinox. So. So in this period between this full moon and the next new moon, it's like continuing to release, continuing to be in that space of darkness. Same thing with the winter solstice. So I will now talk about specific qualities of this full moon and then yoga practices, I think, will help with with both things. So the full moon is happening in Gemini. In Mergishira Nakshatra, which if you're new around here, nakshatras are like a Sanskrit word for lunar mansions, which just makes it a little bit more specific than signs. So you're f- probably familiar with the astrological signs. You know what I mean when I say Gemini, right? Um, but the lunar mansion, so there's 12 zodiac signs, there's 27 nakshatras or lunar mansions, and so it's like analogous to zodiac signs functions in the same way there's just more of them which means the sky is divided up into smaller sections so they're a little bit more specific energy wise so this one is in Mergishira, which translates to benevolent but it's symbolized by a deer's head so we're going to think about um, I often talk about astrology as being archetypal, and so we're going to think about the archetypes of Gemini and Murgashira to think about the energy that this full moon is bringing and how we can apply that
1: to our lives to get the best results. Okay, so that's, that's what we do here, right? Um, so Murgashira
0: symbolized by the head of a deer. So I like to think about the deer qualities because, really, honestly, um, kind of all of the Gemini qualities are also encapsulated in this. So I'm going to speak a little bit more about Murgashira specifically, which actually Murgashira spans the signs of Gemini and Taurus. So it's not completely encapsulated. Some of the naksh- nakshatras are completely encapsulated within one zodiac sign, and some of them span over another. So that when you think about that, it also it brings the qualities of both zodiac signs together but this full moon is happening in Gemini it's just and in the Gemini side of Murgashira and Nakshatra. but think about a deer it's like the to me a deer is like the prime example of feminine earth energy and Taurus is super earthy um, it's an earth sign so that's where that quality gets brought in it's kind of it for the tourist qualities that I'll talk about um because so the deers has if you think about a deer, they're kind of skittish, they're kind of um elusive, a little bit mystical, they're beautiful, um, they also have this sense of sweetness and innocence about them, uh also a restlessness quality, so. Then, So there's a story that goes behind, you know, everything in Vedic astrology actually has like a mythology behind it. And the mythology behind Murgashira, Nakshatra,
1: has to do with a chase. So like chasing a deer. And so without getting
0: into the whole story, because we're already getting kind of long in this episode, the element that that brings to when when planets uh, fall in this nakshatra, especially the moon, is this element of enjoying the thrill of the chase rather than the
1: actual receiving the goal. Um, so just enjoying the thrill of pursuing
0: something, almost almost like being flirtatious without any intent to, um, you know, actually, like, act on the flirtations in any way, just beyond, like, being flirtatious. That's what it makes me think of. Um, so some strengths brought about by this placement are being
1: driven and self-motivated, action-oriented, um, you know, those kind of qualities of chasing something are really good qualities to have, but then some more unfavorable qualities that can be brought about are like being impulsive or, um, kind of scatterbrained perhaps, or even kind of being too cunning or, um, not being dependable when a situation calls for it. So those are just some like
0: qualities that can be brought about by this energy. So how when we apply that to the full moon, and then also like the reason I kind of brought up Venus retrograde a little bit because it is happening uh kind of during the full moon is when it's starting, uh those qualities are affected too. So when you think about these things in relation to artistic pursuits, creative pursuits, luxury, those qualities that nothing happens in a vacuum. you know that's the whole thing with with astrology is we can talk about each individual placement. that's actually why I love Vedic astrology uh, specifically because it's not just about your sun sign. it's about kind of looking at your whole chart holistically and the same thing with looking at what's happening in the sky. So there is a full moon, but it's also impacted by the Venus retrograde energy, the winter solstice coming up. so, so I'm thinking about the planet Venus representing our desires, you know, whether that be creativity, luxury, desires in relationships, sexual desires, things like that. Just desire in general is another way to conceptualize the archetype represented by Venus. And then that's going retrograde. So that retrograde energy brings a time to like review, revise, reimagine. Um. Yeah, things like that related to whatever the planet in retrograde represents. So then also the full moon in Murgashira in Gemini. So remember how I said Murgashira represents this kind of desire, like the thrill of the chase element is like the best. Like if you could think of one archetype to go with Murgashira. Think about a deer. You know, how deer are so elegant when they run. Um, yeah, like when people say somebody looks like a gazelle when they run or something, usually that's like I don't know, it's like a funny joke for like a tall person running or something. But gazelles are like really majestic and they're kind of like deers. Deer deers. Um, anyway. So if you think about that, they're like majestic when they run, but there's this like elusive uh skittish nature, which, which kind of goes with desires. Like if you're just always desiring, always wanting to chase
1: something, um, it can be detrimental. You you know what I mean? Like it's, it's good to be
0: driven and motivated and ambitious and it's fine to have desires, but we don't want to get stuck in always pursuing and, and never really integrating and having and being grateful for what we have so then with that at the end of the year we're closing out vada season closing out the releasing and that's what so i what i've been getting at with this whole series i did over my other podcast the science of light like kind of how to successfully close out the year and make space for the new one that's exactly what we're going through astrologically right now too so if you can think about ways to create
1: balance of the energies. So that I'll get more into that in the yoga practices. I'm getting ahead of myself
0: as per usual. But if you can think about ways to really start thinking about your desires and what is serving you and what is not, and perhaps what you want to release that you've been chasing relentlessly that has been less than fruitful for you um but with that in mind the full moon is also this full moon is really a favorable time for art and creative pursuits um socializing and making new friends just exploration in general um if you want to move to a new location when the moon is in murkashira that's like also a good time for that It is not a good time for making long-term decisions or, um, doing anything that kind of requires being harsh because you think about it, this, the energy of the deer, this like soft, sweet energy. So, so things that you can do to align with that energy, you know, leaning into your artistic side is a really good one, especially right now. Um, As Venus Goes Retrograde, and I'll talk more about that on the episode that will come out on Monday. I promise it will come out actually, like, on Monday. Um, (laughs) Like, this one's going out late this week, but life is crazy. Spent a lot of time launching the calendar and working on the membership. Those things could be doing well, and it still is coming out time. Honestly, in my opinion, I'm like, if I gave you this on Monday, it would have been a little bit early for the full moon because the full moon's happening now in just a couple of days from when this airs so with that said yoga practices because i see i don't know about y'all but whenever i get on like instagram or whatever and see what people are advertising for like what they're going to do for the winter solstice yoga practice i see things that run the gamut from 108 sun salutations to a yin practice and those two things yin versus 108 sun salutations could not be further on the spectrum in terms of energetics. You know what I mean? So yin is very cooling, very still, um very internal. Sun salutations are very fast paced, extremely heat building. Like they're completely opposite. And so to me, I've tried both because I've been doing solstice and equinox practices since before I really even knew much about astrology so that so the the moon cycles and the solstice and equinoxes have, have had they're like the whole reason I got into astrology so they're special to me and I've tried both I've I've tried doing 108 sun salutations that to me feels a little bit more energetically aligned with the summer solstice so if you're in the southern hemisphere and it's the summer solstice for you then go ahead by all means do 108 sun salutations um but it just doesn't feel quite right to me for the winter solstice energetically so i'm telling you these practices i've come up with they've come from my own practice my own understanding um i'm now in yoga therapy training like I've, i try to tell y'all this what i do is like think of prescriptive yoga practices and so what i think to do is to balance those energies because we are returning to the light, but we are also, the winter solstice marks, like, smack in the middle of the dark period. You know, it's, it's the peak of darkness, which means we're only going back down from there. But So, to balance the energies, to me, 108 sun salutations would feel more aligned for the spring equinox, also called the vernal equinox heading into the warm season or the summer solstice. And then to me, more cooling and yin practices make more sense for the fall or autumnal equinox and the winter solstice. So what exactly are those practices? Uh, Number one, Nadi Shodana breathing, the alternate nostril breathing. It's said to be extremely balancing. So if you are running cool and you need warmth, it will probably warm you. If you're running hot and you need to cool, it will probably cool you. It's, I love that pranayama practice, that breath practice, because what you need, it gives. It's balancing. So it might have different effects on different people. It might calm you or it might invigorate you depending on what you need. It's balancing. And then moon salutations. Instead of sun salutations, please try moon salutations. They're more watery. They're more flowy. But they're not quite as still as a yin practice. I think I tried a yin practice last year because that never felt like right to me, but I signed up for one at a local yoga studio last year. It was online, of course, because last year was 2020, but um I signed up for
1: that and it just felt like like I couldn't sit still and I don't normally have that problem in yin yoga but
0: it was also the great conjunction of Saturn and Jupiter last year on the the um equinox anyway I just to me yin didn't feel quite right so if you can do a practice that encompasses more balancing more flowing and watery type
1: movements that would be good and I want to offer such a practice for the members
0: I will do my best Get that up we might do it in live format I, I don't know I'll pull I'll pull the members and we'll see if we want to do live format and if we do live it'll be recorded if we can't agree on the time then I might just record something for the membership because that's where you can get more resources from me than just this general interpretation is there um so yeah I appreciate y'all being here as always um the yoga practices I suggest are good to do to create a container or if you want to do any kind of reflective process, and normally I have more specific journal prompts, but I just want to leave you with the the internal question of what what have you been chasing without perhaps any intention or thought about what happens when you actually get it, um, and is that serving you? So just really deep dive into your desires and releasing things that are no longer serving you especially related to your desires if you want more support there i highly recommend put a lot of thought into this the inner home for the holidays series i did over on the science of light you can go back to the episode that starts Inner home
1: for the holidays and there's like four of them last one goes out this week so yeah i'm grateful that you're here if you
0: would like to book a reading with me for more clarity please Find the link in the show notes for that. And I'm so grateful that you're here. Take care, everyone.